navigators how's everybody doing happy friday hey did y'all have a great independence day or what i would love to hear about your adventures and i would love to see pictures and videos of your fireworks displays man fourth of july is has always been my most favorite holiday because i just love the fireworks I don't know what the fireworks look like to sighted people, but y'all, they look pretty spectacular to me. So if you guys have pictures or videos, please, please, please feel free. And I encourage you to post them up on my social media, Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin on Facebook and LinkedIn or at Garmin Navigates on Twitter. So please, please do so. Well, uh, let's see. Anything else going on? Hmm. I've got my uncle's birthday coming up soon. Not a whole lot going on this month, which is good. You know, sometimes life gets so busy that when it slows down, you know, we find ourselves trying to find something to do, but I want to try and just stick with what I've got, you know, my chill month. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, it's, it just seems like people, we, we always want to be busy. We always want to be doing something. We always want to have something going on. And I just want to encourage you every now and then to take a time out, you know, and just kind of hang out and relax. You know, the world's not going to go anywhere. It ain't going to pass you by. And I promise you're not going to miss anything because anything that you do miss, you'll be able to catch up on via the interweb net anyway. So, you know, just relax and enjoy yourself when you can. Alrighty. So I had a great 4th of July and there is a fabulous story, but y'all are going to have to wait till next Friday for that because I'll be doing another story time Friday. So I will tell you my 4th of July story next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, I had two other questions that were asked on my Facebook page and I'm going to answer them both today. One, I'm paraphrasing here. One was basically what was it like growing up losing my eyesight? And the other was what kind of organizations or places or whatever have helped me along the way. And I think those two kind of go together. So I figured I would answer them together. Um, so growing up, I, I, I knew, like I was told that I would lose my eyesight, but you know, when you're young, you don't really grasp what all that means, you know? And I was told, I remember it being told um, in elementary school, I was diagnosed when I was four with retinitis pigmentosa, which is a degenerative disease and, uh, does eventually cause total blindness. And so I remember being told at a young age that by the age of 18, I would probably have no sight. Ah, I fooled you all. <laughs> ah. Sucks to be you, Dr. Slaney. You were wrong. 
Okay, he's probably not alive anymore because that was like 40 years ago. But anyway, and he was old then. Oh my gosh, he was old. Um, sorry. No, no, I don't, you know. Anyway, um, so the biggest problem I had as a kid was colors, always colors, and seeing things at a distance. And of course, night vision. I had, I had zero night vision. <clears throat> and so, you know, at the younger age, I got picked on a lot because I remember one time going to school with two different colored socks and I was wearing sandals. And I don't know why my mama let me go out the house like that, but she did. And that was the last time that happened. Um, so... I was thankful that at that time I did wear glasses. I started wearing glasses in like sixth grade, I think. And thankfully they were not Coke bottle bottoms. Oh my gosh. If I would have had the Coke bottle bottom glasses, my life just would have been over at that age. You know what I mean? Like nope. And I, and I knew kids that had them. So I was like, please, no, please, no, please don't make it the big Coke bottle bottom glasses, please. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Y'all know, y'all know, and y'all know that you made fun of those kids because we all did. And it's stupid. And I'm very, very thankful that I did not have to have them. So I had just normal glasses, but that really only helped with the distance stuff. And then uh, junior high was interesting because I worked, one of my classes was off an assistant in the office, a teacher's assistant in the office, like office aide or whatever they call it. And part of that would be going to classrooms to give teachers whatever, or to call a student out of class or, you know, whatever the case may be. And there, there were several times that I would open the door and it would be dark because they're in there watching a movie. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I had no idea where the teacher was, no idea how the classroom was set up. All I could see was where the TV was, but it was, it was awful. And there were a couple of times that I actually left and I found whoever was like, if somebody was walking around, I grabbed them and I, Hey, can you go take this in and give it to the teacher? <laughs> Cause I, it was, it was just bad and it was embarrassing, you know? And I, I, you know, that was probably the hardest part. And then, you know, Melissa, Oh, I love Melissa to pieces. Uh, seventh grade, she broke my glasses in PE <laughs> and you know, we've been friends ever since. So whatever, but so, you know, people knew, well, the teachers always knew and my mom made sure to let the teachers know that I couldn't see well and kids, you know, they figured it out along the way. Um, at home though, you know. I'm actually thankful. I didn't get special treatment. I didn't get out of doing chores. I didn't, um, I, I didn't get coddled at all. It was, you know, you're treated just like your sister. You're going to do the same stuff that your sister 
it does and you're going to be expected to do just as good of a job and that was that and i'm really thankful for that because i've taken that into my adult life and i've i've tried to teach that to my kids as best as i could you know there none of my kids have it, any issue vision issues but you know adversities are going to come to everybody and so you know to know that you're just you're going to get treated just like everybody else you know life's not gonna hand you a softball just because you're a girl you know you might get a hardball thrown at you you know it just doesn't it 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 doesn't make sense to have a sense of entitlement whether you're disabled or not i mean a a good work ethic and you know hard work builds character it builds personality and you cherish the things that you earn more than things that are just handed to you and you know kids these days they don't believe that but you know whatever (laughs) um but i really i i really did appreciate that about my parents um because it did it it definitely prepared for prepared me for a lot of crap that i've had to deal with and so being able to push through situations um has been a strong characteristic of mine that i've attributed to that uh and then getting into high school you know my parents were becoming a little more lenient with letting me go out at night and stuff and i was really trying to be more normal but you know in recent years i found out that people i didn't even really know knew that i had vision issues and so I guess as hard as I tried to hide it, it it didn't really matter. Um, And so in high school, you don't get picked on for that kind of stuff as much as in the lesser grades. And so I was thankful for that. I mean, I got bullied for other reasons, but I mean, I was a dork, so whatever, it's fine. And then, you know, I really was kind of concerned becoming an adult and thinking about having kids because I knew that the disease that I have is, is hereditary, uh, you know, and I didn't want my kids to have the same issues I had. I never got my driver's license growing up, you know, so that kind of sucked and, you know, that made me a you know, kind of a loser anyways, all the cool kids had their driver's licenses, right? You know, but it just didn't, it just wasn't, that wasn't even anything that I ever even had on my radar as a possibility. So, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, But then, you know, so as a kid and growing up, I will say I had no kind of really support or I wasn't involved in any kind of programs. My parents, I don't know if they just didn't know that there were programs available or if they thought they cost money or whatever, but I just, I was never 
given any kind of um, assistance, really. Uh, my mom would go to the teacher each year and ask them to sit me close to the window and things like that. And then when she started volunteering for the United Way, she was able to get me this lined paper that had really dark lines so I could actually see them. Because, you know, lined paper? I look at that now and I'm like, there's lines on this? Like, I, you can't, I, no. So, it, you know, I was thankful for that too because uh, it made a big difference being able to write on the lines. You know, just just that simple little thing made a big difference. And so that was, that was really all I had growing up. And so my first experience with any kind of organization for the blind was in Alaska. And when I was in Alaska, um, so I married, I got married right after high school and uh when i got there i really i started noticing more changes in my vision and i i wanted to start preparing myself for you know what may happen um when i moved to alaska i was only 19. I had just turned 19. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to lose my sight soon, I, I better start preparing because, you know, I was told, I was always told, you know, when, you, by the time you're 18, you will probably not have any sight left. And so once I'm past 18, I'm like, uh, okay, I got to start thinking about these things, you know? Um, I was pregnant and thought, well, I got to figure things out. Right. So I, I joined this group called Alaska independent blind. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was, a like, a a service, like to help me get all the stuff I need, right. To prepare for being blind, but really it was kind of like a support group and it was all a bunch of old people. And when I say a bunch of old people, I mean, I was 19 and these people were all 50 plus. It was awkward. But I learned a lot. And I met a guy named Charles Hamby who had a yellow lab guide dog named Jillian. And he and I became friends. And I became friends with his wife. And I learned a lot about blindness. I learned a lot about orientation and mobility. I learned a lot about guide dogs. I learned a lot from hanging out with, with Charles and Jillian and really up until I decided to get carbon, that was pretty much the only contact I'd ever had with a seeing eye dog or a person with a seeing eye dog. And so to see that was really incredible. Um, to watch them work together, you know, it was, it was really incredible. And I knew that when the time came, that was what I wanted. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm boring you, sir. <laughs> Anyways. So that was, you know, I went to a, uh, a conference 
for American Council for the Blind, maybe? Might have been National Federation for the Blind. I don't know. There's a couple of them. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, what is it, the Yankees and the Southerns? They're, you know, everybody wants the same stuff. Just relax and work together. I just, I, anyways, but um, they're, they're basically, they're really political organizations is really what they are. But I went to a conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, this, remember, I'm like 20 years old by this time. I have no idea what I'm doing, what I'm getting myself into. I'm staying at a hotel at a double tree in Tulsa, Oklahoma with a bunch of people I don't know, right? Like, I, I don't, you know, but I was trying to immerse myself and learn and grow and it was boring, y'all. Blind people are boring. Like... I don't know if it's because I was young and it seemed to me like everyone was so much older, but it was so boring and I've never been to another one. <laughs> I just, oh my gosh. So, um, but that was the first, you know, experience I had with it. And then, you know, like, you know, the years go by and, and I got involved with the Department of Services for the Blind in Washington State when I moved there, because that's when I really started realizing that I needed to get some, some skills and I needed to get some assistive technology and I needed to learn Braille. And I didn't know how to go about doing any of that. Right. So I hook up with the organization that you know, that's what they do. And I, I, I did, I got hooked up. They helped me with quite a bit of stuff and, um, they got me involved with Goodwill. So I know you guys all know Goodwill as just like the, the thrift store, right? Well, the way Goodwill works is if you, if you ever notice, um, many of the people that work at Goodwill have disabilities. Well, Goodwill has a very big program called Choices. At least that's what it was called when I was in it. I'm not sure about now. I'm not even sure if the program still exists. But the, the whole purpose of it is to get folks with disabilities job ready. And that means everything from interview close to help with resumes and rides to job interviews. And that was amazing. It was so awesome to be a part of that. And, and I learned a great deal. Um, I met a great name, a great lady. Her name was Lindsay Pena. And, uh, you know, she helped me out a lot and, and she really helped me grow. And she was about my age, maybe a little younger even. So I was really impressed by how much she was willing to help people with disabilities. You know, she was very compassionate and I appreciated that. And so I got involved in that program and they 
put me in a, a work experience thing where basically they paid me, Goodwill paid me to go quote, quote, volunteer at this place to get work experience. And so I did that for a couple of months, which was also cool. You know, people, you know, folks with vision and any other disability, I highly encourage you to look into any programs that can help you better your life because that's what you're going to need constantly. I mean, when you have a disability, and I, I mean, first of all, life is hard anyways, right? I mean, fully able-bodied people, they, they struggle, man. Life is hard. And and everybody's trying to, you know, do what they can to get it ahead of everybody else, even, you know, stomping on other people in the way. But that's beside the point. <clears throat> uh so why, as people with disabilities, should we think that we deserve anything less? And maybe it requires a little bit of assistance, but those programs exist for a reason. And I highly, highly encourage you to take advantage of any of them that are inv- available in your area. And definitely look into the goodwill program in your area and see if it's still available it's it was such a good experience and and you know learning to write your resume and getting computer skills and all these things why not take whatever option or opportunity you can to improve yourself i mean you've already you're already starting out as a disadvantage as, as you know, the world looks at it, right? Cause you know, we're less than everybody else cause we're broken, right? That's how everybody, that's the stereotype, right? Um, if you don't do anything to better yourself and get to a better position in life, then you're just adding to that stereotype and life's gonna just bulldoze right on over you. And at some point you're going to reach an an age where you're going to wonder what in the heck happened to your life and what have you done with all of your years. Don't let a disability stand in your way. You may not be able to look. I wanted to be an astronaut, y'all. That was my freaking dream. Like my dream. I wrote to NASA. I got the packet. I was I mean, I was all in and that was shattered when I found out you had to have 20-20 vision. Okay, I was in high school at that point and right then and there I could have made a decision or I made a decision, excuse me. I had the choice of either crawling into a hole and pulling a rock over myself because my dreams have been crushed. You know, I'm never going to get to do what I want. Life sucks. I'm broken. It's terrible. Blah, 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 right? Or I could do what I did and say, all right, well, that ain't going to happen. We're just going to have to find another. We're going to find another dream, find another passion, you know? 
And, and that's going to happen to you. And you're going to meet those crossroads where you have to make that decision of how you're going to react. And the programs that I have been involved with and the people that I have met along the way have greatly, greatly enhanced my life. I mean, obviously, I remember their names. I mean, Charles Hamby, I knew him in 1994 and five, maybe six, a little bit. So, I mean, that was a significant time ago, but he made quite an impact on my life. And, and you know, these programs exist for that reason whether it is the program itself or somebody that you meet in the program, it's going to impact your life and it's going to help you. Now, I'm not going to lie. I didn't get involved with church until I was older. Um, when I was married, uh, to my second husband. So let's see, 2006 ish. And you know, in all honesty, the church itself, you know, they, there's only so much they can do, but I promise you, you get involved with a good church group and, and you're going to meet people that want to help you, that want to encourage you, that want to pray for you, that want to, you know, I mean, for example, I, I didn't do the cooking when I was married to Kim. My vision had deteriorated and it just, it was, it, it was just difficult. And he had gone out of town for a family issue. And so ladies from the church brought me meals. And that's what the church is supposed to do. For all of you that have this mis this unfortunate misconception of what church is, please throw it away. Because church is exactly what I just said. People that love each other, are there for each other, support each other, you know, hold each other accountable through good and bad times. You know, that's what a church family is, you know, and you get together and you worship God and, and grow together. And honestly, the, the, the church itself has not as an organization been what I would consider helpful, but the people that I have met and the relationships that I have made have made a huge difference in my life. And I'm, I'm very grateful for those people. And so, you know, on that note, I just want to close by encouraging you once again with second Corinthians five, seven, live by faith and not by sight. Um, things aren't always what they seem to be and your situation may not always be as bad as you just might think it is. So be a blessing to other people and hand out compliments. Do you know how much of a difference you can make in a person's life just by telling them that their hair looks nice? You have no idea what kind of a day a person is having, you know, especially if you see someone with a sour look on their face, definitely give them a compliment because they need it. 
And, you know, that's what you would want somebody to do for you, I, I think, right? All right, navigators, next week is Friday story time. Um, so if you have any story requests, such as situations I've been in or things I've done that you know of that you'd like more detail on, whatever, go ahead and hit me up on Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin. That's on Facebook, LinkedIn, and WhatsApp. And then uh, at Garmin Navigates on Twitter and Gab mm. Garmin Navigates at Outlook.com is our email address. Until next week, have a fabulous week, y'all. Toodles.